Welcome to the FX Money Show Podcast. FX Money Show Podcast. Where your host, Nick, uses his 30 years of experience to demolish the FX markets while exposing the how, why, and when of Forex in front of your eyes. So take the foggles off, subscribe and share with your most trusted friends. Pet the cat. Yes, I said pet the kitty cat. Choose some gum and put the headphones on the bone dome. Time is money. And this is the FX Money Show. All right. Um, so here we go. We're going to roll on with the course. This course is going to be an intensive course. Today, our schedule is pretty jammed up with how foreign exchange rates move, what causes them to move, and we're going to do this from a data-driven approach. Uh, we'll also talk about total transparency in terms of market volume and market sentiment. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to dive into when after we've covered the how today, but when foreign exchange rates move and kind of the power of standardized value, apples to apples, oranges to oranges, we wanna compare apples to apples or whatever, figs to figs, that works too. But we'll also cover tomorrow volume and its price connection and sentiment and its price connection. Uh, we don't utilize sentiment from the retail approach of looking at a pie chart and 52% traders long, you know, 36% short and the rest of them don't give a darn or don't know what they're doing. Um, that's not the type of sentiment that we're looking for. Uh, we utilize a, a pretty intricate measure of uh, correlation and cross-market analysis, intermarket analysis, if you call it that, in order to tell us what the market is doing right now so in fact, market sentiment does lead prices, and we're going to go into that tomorrow. We'll cover some of it today, but we'll certainly dissect it tomorrow. Um, then Thursday, uh, statistical reliability. Anytime you build a strategy, you want to know how well it's going to perform. But yeah, this is what I've done for decades now, is the case for data and strategy. And what I mean by that is, you know, when I first approached the market, I wanted to know, or I was technically tasked with discovering what was going to cause the market to move in the first place at any given turn. And once we realized what those measures were, what those properties or conditions were, we could then fill in the gaps with the trends. But it's the turns where the money is made. The trends just allow you to continue. So we're going to dissect uh, the turns and statistical reliability. We're going to integrate a three-step rule of reading sentiment, reading volume, and then being able to see what the picture is in price because price always comes last. Unfortunately, all traders around the world have kind of been led astray in thinking that price action is the best thing you can get. Could not be further from the truth. However, it is fairly timely. Price action is not necessarily the first thing that changes direction. It is the third, and that is consistent. And this is part of the statistics that we follow. So on Friday, we'll jump into some sound trading principles. You know, the long and short of it is 
buy low, sell high, and that's about it. No, there's a ton more than that. But we'll look at the buy low, sell high. We'll look at the exhaustion phases of where prices are no longer going to move, whether it's a bullish move or even a, a short-sided move to the downside. We're going to look at where that market is getting ready or preparing to change directions. We'll also look at trading rules to live by. Uh, so sound trading principles are the good practices. Trading rules are what we can do to identify the opportunities as they happen. Now, what you won't hear in this course is anything related, other than a little bit of slander, anything related to toxic trading performance or toxic trading methods of historical-based analysis. We won't use a moving average. We won't use a MACD. We won't use a Bollinger Band or uh, itchy, scratchy garbage can. Uh, none of those things are going to come into play here. The only thing of a technical indicator of sorts is price. Everything else is lagging nonsense. But there are two types of analytical methods that I understand technical analysis and real analysis. And the difference is that the technical analysis does in fact measure the history and we cannot predict the future just by measuring history. We can certainly look at patterns, but not predict the future. And we're not trying to technically predict, but what we are trying to do is trade off the hard right edge of the chart, right? So, we're going to look at that hard right edge. We're going to use trading models, and models are the difference. Technical indicators are the historical side of things. Trading models, live analytical trading models, make their decisions right now based upon what is happening right now without any view of the history. So we need to understand, in order to do this, we need to understand what market microstructure is doing. And market microstructure tells us everything. In fact, we can look at a four-hour chart and dissect it all the way down to the five-second increment if we want. We're not going to go that far. We'll stop at the one minute. But we need to understand that market microstructure in order to recompile it into something that makes sense over a longer period trend. Right. So then we'll go through the trading rules. We'll identify you know, the turns. We will cherry pick the best opportunities, will recognize what causes exchange rates to move. And fortunately, I focus on foreign exchange. I don't do much of anything else, although you know the our volume model works very well on, on cryptos and equities and indexes and you know, widgets on the shelf and everything else. But um, we focus on foreign exchange, and that's what we're going to obliterate. So Saturday, or if we use the alternate day on Sunday, we'll talk about the capital allocation programs and funding solutions. And many people, you know, registered to take the course or be able to see the recordings uh, for a video that I posted and wanting to be able to build a portfolio. And this is part of Saturday or the alternate Sunday, building a portfolio of investment capital, utilizing other people's money. And it's the capital allocation programs or funding solutions that do this. But to use those solutions, you've got to have a very risk averse method or approach to trading without a historical lag and being able to build or ha having it be dynamic enough to build a forward-looking approach or 
integrate a forward-looking approach that knows when it's correct and takes advantage of that accuracy, while when it is incorrect, it hedges the position and or eliminates the position altogether. So there's a lot on the schedule. Um, let's start with how exchange rates move, right? So I'm going to, um, uh, where is Steve? Steve, if you can turn your microphone on, that would be great. And um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, how long have you been trading? Give everybody a little bit of a synopsis, if you will, and what your analysis has been. Sure. Uh, my name is Steve. I've been trading uh, typically futures markets for a number of years. Um, some for exchange, um, some stocks, some options, that kind of stuff, but mo mainly focused on, um, on futures. Uh, and I trade through a, a, a platform called NinjaTrader, uh, which is user-friendly and I, I like it a lot, but, um, you know, you asked me earlier and, uh, you know, what's my strategy or whatever. And, and, and I said then, and I'll say now it's been multiple things. Um, typically I'll, I'll, find something that works and I make some money with it and that's fantastic. And, and then typically it stops working at some point. Uh, and that's obviously because the market's changed in some way fundamentally. Um, and typically the things that I've used have been what you just talked about. They've been lagging indicators. They've been things. And, and, I, and I, even though I know that, and I've known that for a long time, I still think there's a way to work it out. I don't think that way anymore, but I have thought that way where, oh, there's a way that this can still show that it's going to do this in the future. And that's just all baloney, obviously. Um, yeah. Maybe not so obviously for, for everybody, but, but obviously now to me and hopefully everybody on this, on this, on this training is that that stuff just doesn't work. Um, and so it gets a little, not frustrating, but yeah, kind of frustrating. You know, it's just, it's just not, it's yep. not trader friendly. Yep. And it's, you know, Here's a question for everyone, and it's not meant for you to, to answer, Steve, but who has those default, those natively available technical indicators served most? The banks, the brokers, the market makers who are taking a B-book position against you. Yeah. Um, with, with equities and futures, it's not that easy you know, for a broker to take advantage of that position uh, because they're not taking the other side and they are clearly a pass-through entity. But with foreign exchange, that broker can, in fact, be book your position and take the other side. So they're not going to be they're going to, well, they will be in a conflicted you know, position, but they're not going to be um, forthright in giving you any sort of transparency or ability to see through the market, you know, in, in knowing how to trade, what to trade, when to trade, and why to trade. It's just going to be a very opaque situation, right? So, um, Steve, what is your, what's your confidence? If you could give it a percentage um, what is your confidence that you could pick at any given moment, whatever your setup is, your best setup, um, what is your confidence now that you could pick a trade on any setup and make a profit on any given trade? Confidently, I'd say less yep. than 10%. Okay. All right. So Steve, what would you say if we could get that to 60% today? Well, obviously and, that would be great. And, and matter of fact, let's do it this way. What if I said we could get that to 60% in the next 30 minutes? That would be great. Okay. So, Steve, how do exchange rates move? 
And it's not necessarily for you to answer either. It's for everyone to think about for a moment. Now, you're, I'm going to draw a chart because I'm terrible at drawing and I just need practice. But if this was the chart of Euro dollar, right? What is that representing? All it is, is the relationship between two currencies. That's all it is. So the charts are wrong. And if you think about this, traders all over the world fell victim to this, the charts. But what you cannot see on these charts is the value or the values that you're trading, right? We're, again, we're on a Euro dollar chart. But let's take it a, a step further, right? I'm going to bring it down. It's on a one-minute chart, right? So this is the most difficult chart for somebody to trade in most cases because their analysis is typically very lagging and it's not responsive enough to give them a directional shift, a change in direction. But here we've got a Euro-Dollar chart. Euro-Dollar. Right? There's two instruments in that chart. But what you cannot see are the apples to apples. Right? So if I start this again, just really quickly, if I've got the euro and I've got the dollar, how do I know it's apples to apples? All it is is an exchange rate. But what it does not show me is the euro's value to the dollar directly in comparison or to sterling or to the Japanese yen or to New Zealand, you're getting where I'm going, or to Aussie or Swiss or Canadian. And those are the eight majors, euro, dollar, three, that, 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 eight majors. So, if I want to compare apples to apples, I need to see the value of the euro. And if I normalize its value by looking at all of the other currencies in how the euro exchange rate is faring or measuring, it then gives me a value. And I don't care what the exchange rate is. I need to take the value of that exchange rate or I need to take that exchange rate and convert it into something that I can compare. Because I wanna compare the Euro in its form of Apple to the dollar and to Sterling. But I want their values to be the same as I compare them all. And then if there's a change in those values, it shows up for me, but you won't see this on the charts natively. And by the way, as I do that to the Euro, I'm also gonna do the same thing to the dollar. And I'm gonna look at all of those exchange rates and I'm gonna come up with a value. And that value might be just, you know, apple skin thickness different to what the Euro's doing but that tells me there is a difference. But if I've normalized that value amongst all currencies, 
I can then compare them all. All right, so Steve, if you can bring your microphone back on. Got it? All right, so if the value, let's say if the value of the Euro was doing this and you needed to compare values and the value of the dollar was doing this, is there a change in direction there? If the value of the dollar has gotten stronger than the Euro? Yes. Okay. And then if it, if it continued over here and the value of the dollar got weaker than the Euro, oops, that should be yellow, sorry. When it got weaker than the Euro, is that a change in direction? Yes. Okay. Let's go to the charts, All right? So what I want you to do, uh, Steve, is keep your microphone on and I'm gonna have you pick the tops and the bottoms of the market, all right? Okay. So just a second, I'm gonna add something to the... You're listening to the FX Money Show, where taking profits is like squeezing a rubber ducky. Here's your host and his favorite whoopee cushion, the man himself, the guy with the big... <laughs> Well, oh hell. Let's let's get back to the show. So here is a set of normalized indexes. It's not a currency strength meter. It's synthetic indexes that measure the value of the euro and compare it to the dollar. Now, I could set it so it looks at all the currency pairs, but I'm only trading the euro dollar, so I don't need to see all of them. I want to slim it down and trade the euro dollar. So, Steve, can you pick the tops and the bottoms of the market? If, if this was, in fact, right, the one-minute chart, which it is, and the green, in this case, is the dollar, and the blue is the euro, could you pick the tops and the bottoms, or better yet, can you pick the changes in direction for me? Well, I'm guessing that when they cross, that's a change right there. Like right so is there. this a change? Yeah. Okay. And then would this be a change? Yeah. Okay. And would this be a small change? Um, yeah. Okay. And this? Yep. Okay. And this? For sure. Okay. And then this one back here? Yep. Okay. And how about this one? Oops. If it lets me grab it, there we go. How about this one right here? Yep. Okay. And one more. This one right here. Yep. Okay. So good. You pick the tops and the bottoms of the market. You're not even looking at the charts, though. Nope. Okay. So does that feel weird? Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So that's the tops and or that's the changes of direction to the downside. All right. Because the dollar in green is getting stronger at those points. The right. next thing we're going to do is I'm going to make another line here and I'm going to change that to blue to indicate the upside move. Now we've got to kind of stand on our hands to do the opposite, right? The euro's gone stronger. It's gone stronger there. And what about over here? Yeah. Okay. 
And let's see, we got one there, we got one there. There's a little bit of a move sideways here. I'm going to ignore this one just because, and I'll show you why in a moment. But then this one, what about that? But how would you know it in real time? Like you're ignoring it now, but in real time, if we're on the hard right edge of the chart, how would, you not, how would you not know that? How would you know that? Sentiment. I'm going to show you that. I'm going to show okay. you that. I don't. I don't leave anything out. So sentiment. So is this across? Is this across here? Yep. Okay. And how about there's a little one there. There's a little one there. We'll look at that. Yep. And what about over here? Yep. Okay. And there's a little one right there. There's a little one back here too, in the middle of the chart, uh, or the middle of the right here. A little more. A little more. Right. Right there. Okay. And then oh, chart don't move. There we go. How about this one here? Yep. All right. That's good. All right. So that's a good starting point. Now we're not looking at the candles because the candles are in fact blind. The candles are a result of sentiment and volume. In fact, let's do one more thing here. I was going to say one more to the right. Let's well, talk about that. That's right. okay. We've covered, yeah, there, there's another big one, but we've covered, we've that covered one. enough. Yeah. All right. So sentiment is always the first thing that changes direction. Always. But sentiment doesn't show up in the candles. Sentiment shows up on the institutional venues only, not on the candles. Right. So we have to extrapolate what sentiment's doing. And remember, you know, I looked at all of the different currency pairs. I'm analyzing the euro dollar. But in order to analyze the euro dollar, I have to look at all of those currency pairs in order to analyze the weight of the euro dollar. The value of the euro dollar and the sentiment of the euro dollar. Right. So or the euro in its individuality, but sentiment always moves first. The second thing that happens is market volume changes direction. And volume is not something that you would see on the charts either, because in fact, the volume that's presented on all retail accessible trading platforms is just the number of price ticks per minute or per candle, right? But it's not volume. So we built volume aggregation inside a high frequency market making and arbitrage platform. And then we extrapolated, it took out the volume component in order to build solely or exclusively volume analysis. But volume is not visible on the charts either. What is visible on the charts, and it's the last thing to take place, and it sits behind a block wall, is price. And this is what traders, retail traders specifically, are given access to. But sentiment and volume, they never see. So retail traders are in fact blind, standing on the tail end of a bull, trying to predict where the bull is gonna jump next, or buck next, or run next, or roll over next. It's impossible. It's impossible. And, you know, Steve, that's why your confidence is at 10%, 15%, 20% is because the analysis that is available on the platforms is only looking at price. 
it can't look at anything else. Right. And if it could look at volume, it would have an API integration for limit order books and it would look at the aggregated limit order books and not just a connection to CurrentX or Hotspot or Integral. It has to look at all of them. Because in limit order books, if you're looking at just one connection, you've got a very thin market. But if you're looking at all of the connections, then it gets much, 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 much deeper. Right. And aggregation is that cumulative supply and demand. But inside that supply and demand, where traders are deciding whether it's going to move higher or continue higher or change direction and go lower, sentiment is governing it all. Sentiment stands on a podium and says, market pressures are to be to the upside. And what happens when that sentiment changes in a trader's mind all of the traders band together, at least the dominant side of the market, they band together and the market goes bullish or bearish. So if we think of that, and then we look at this number right here or this calculation right here, Steve, this is market sentiment. And market sentiment, just like every other method, method of analysis you could ever see, market sentiment has a structure. And it'll see lower or higher lows, and it'll see lower highs as well. Right? It has a structure. But when we approach the crossing of normalized indexes, if we see the structure breaking to the upside, uh, now we've got the confirmation that this is going to move to the upside. Because sentiment is moving to the upside, Technically, I don't know how many candles, but a few candles before that. And this one to the downside, it does have a little bit of structure breaking to the downside. More importantly than structure breaking to the downside, it has a failure of it to move to the upside. So sentiment is doing this in there. And then it moves just slightly lower, not that low, but slightly lower. But this is telling me that all right, we've got some movement to the downside here. And as it crosses here, we've got some movement to the upside because sentiment is in fact moving to the upside. And until sentiment and price change direction, the market continues. So if I get rid of all this chicken scratch and I do this for a moment, here's a move to the upside, then there's a move to the downside, then we've got another move to the upside. This is a pretty strong move to the downside here. And then it starts getting a little bit of support in through here and it starts to go back to the upside. Then it kind of wanders off and goes sideways, right? I know the market's going sideways because the indexes are parallel. They're going the same direction because money flow which is what governs or causes all moves. Sentiment drives those moves. Volume forces, or we can use the term govern again, governs how far it's going to go. If there's no volume to continue, then the market fails. But it's the differential of money flow that's triggering all moves behind that volume. And or triggering the opportunities behind that volume. And if there was not a differential, 
in the values of the indexes, there would be no opportunity. And that's what's showing itself right here. No opportunity because there's no movement that is separating the value of the euro versus the value of the dollar. And they're moving parallel. But then we get to here and there is a little bit of sentiment to the upside. So we've gone a touch to the downside and then back to the upside briefly. And then as it goes back to the upside, it sees some value in the dollar and sentiment is working its way to the downside right through here. So this candle is turning to the downside or at least sentiment is turning to the downside. So if you're trading or if somebody is trading price action, they would see this eventually show up on their chart and it might be three minutes later, four minutes later, but sentiment in through here, right there, is turning to the downside, right? Right in through here. Sentiment's turning to the downside. There it is right there, right? Turns to the downside and then it goes, oh, we've got this move here and then it starts to wander and sentiment starts to turn back to the upside. Look, sentiment's turning to the upside right through here. It's telling us that the next move when they cross, it's already turning to the upside. Doesn't mean it's gonna last forever, but what it tells us is where that directional move is. So then it moves to the upside, then back to the downside, a little bit of an upside move, starts to go, starts to wander. And then if we look at the value of the Euro and the value of the dollar, the dollar starts to get a little bit of strength and then the dollar falls off and that causes this to happen, right? And as it gets a little bit higher in price, let me stop this from moving. As it gets a little bit higher in price, then the dollar sees some opportunity and it sells off, right? And look at sentiment. Sentiment's pretty strongly to the downside there. And as sentiment moves strongly to the downside, look at the prior four or five candles all lower. So this is all telling us we're gonna go to the downside through here. All right, then you've got a little bit of a jump and you go stronger back to the downside, right? And it does this all day long, but this is how the markets move. Now, I don't care so much about where I've placed the lines What's important is that these lines are recognizing the turning points. All right, so Steve, you got your mic, uh, turn your microphone back on. All right, so how confident are you to pick the tops and the bottoms of the market, knowing that the value of the euro and the value of the dollar are crossing? more than I was about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> okay, can you give me some sort of number? I would say, you know, it's, it's so bizarre to watch this. Um, I would say 50%. Okay. When I started this endeavor, this mission, it was 28 plus years ago. I was hired as an analyst, as a kid, to 
identify what causes the markets to move. And at the time I was analyzing, you know, agricultural futures. Um, but it's the same for all markets, every single one of them, sentiment and volume. The reason foreign exchange is opaque is because it's the largest market in the world and it's an opportunity, it's a casino for the institutions. But we know where prices are going. So here's your decisions and you've picked every single change in direction that the market's given. Without seeing the candles. So in this first example, it moves to the upside, plenty of room. But look where sentiment starts to really break direction right through here. And look at that, that's up here somewhere. And look where sentiment, so it moves to the downside here and look where sentiment changes direction right there, right? So it's telling you in and out, right? And then here's another move, plenty of opportunity and sentiment changes direction a little bit through here because it's got this low, starts to shift and then it does so again right through here. Oh, there's your exit. And then here, and then sentiment starts to push higher. And there's your exit. And then here, it moves higher. And here is your exit right there. So every single one of these turns is identifiable, but we're not using lagging studies. It's responsive. It's telling us where that market sentiment is changing direction before, here's sentiment to the downside, here's more sentiment failing, sentiment failing, and then boom, you've got this move. What's your confidence, Steve? Of being able to pick a direction, just knowing the value of the Euro in comparison to the value of the dollar. I would say, um... Just look, obviously there's some nuances here in terms of trading sure. and where to get out and where to get in and all that sort of stuff. But just in terms of the turns themselves, mm -hmm. well, hundred percent, obviously. Yeah. So what's your thoughts on trading now? Is it, is there a path in front of you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know, so you know, we're, go, we're, ahead. We're, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. By all means, go, go, ahead. go um, ahead. It's the parts of where to get in and where to get out. And okay. so, you know, based on the things you just marked up on the chart, it all looks fantastic. But mm -hmm. what are those moves? Like, are those five point five ticks move, five pip moves, ten pip moves? Oh, hold um, on a second. We'll how you. do you know when to get out? Like, do you get out when the sentiment changes, or do you get out when they cross? This is ten. This is nine point one as sentiment changes. Right. So then you've got this move here and that's 6.8. This one here is another 5.4. This one here to the downside is, well, when sentiment changes, it's about 10 to 11. And this to the upside is another uh, four. Then you've got this range bound move. When the moves are 
when the moves are quiet. Now we're going to cherry pick this. We're going to make this so much better. So if you think it was, if your confidence went to 40%, just wait till the next 10 minutes, right? So each of these moves, except for this, are strong. They're strong enough to get in and out with a collected profit and accumulated profit. This move here is, well, 38, 35, 30 pips, whatever, but it's 19 minutes later, all right? So a powerful move. And then this move to the upside, all right? Four pips, this move to the downside, another five pips, this move to the upside, another six, seven, eight pips, this move to the downside, uh, 21, this move to the upside, uh, 18, right? Your day is over before most traders get up and make a first trade of a profit, right? Because of transparency, because of proper analysis. Now, yes, you want to know which trades to take or where to get out of those trades. So let's use another example here and... Let's say you've got a trade that, well, let's do, let's do it this way. Let's say you've got Euro dollar and you know what the money flow is. And let's say in the Euro, there is, you know, um, 20, 20 billion per hour that changes hands. And I'm using some sizable numbers to make it, uh, to give you some visual difference here. So 20 billion per hour, and let's say the dollar is 18 billion per hour. There's a difference between those two in terms of money flow. And it's 2 billion per hour, which is a sizable number, right? So what that means is that if there's money flow into, and remember I said money flow causes all movements, right? Money flow is that gauge that tells market participants there is more value in the euro than what there is in the dollar. And when they recognize that, sentiment then finds its next direction. And when sentiment finds its next direction, volume then kicks in. But the difference between the incoming money flow into euro and incoming money flow into dollar has a differential and it's 2 billion, right? So if we wanna cherry pick the best opportunities available to us, then what we do is we look at the differential between the indexes because even one of your, or a couple of your um, identified um, spots you said that was absolutely or something that was certainly a directional change. And it might've been this one over here. Might've been this one down here. You said, certainly that was one or certainly this was one. I forget which one it was. But if we look at all of these and identify the differential between them, it tells us if the money flow is strong enough to create an opportunity for us. Because if there is no money flow differential, there is no opportunity, right? So then we can ignore these. So let's put something else on the chart. And
look at, let's see, the differential. So now, anything that is above 12, and equate this to a percent, anything that is above 12 or below negative 12 becomes a strong opportunity for us. Anything that is not above 12 for the long side or below negative 12 for the short side is not a strong enough opportunity. So it's simple. It's really simple. Here's a move above the 12. Here's a little bit of a move below the 12, right? Here's a move above the 12. Here's a move below the 12, right? And then let me erase the chicken scratch. Here's a move, starts to go above the 12 and that's okay. And it starts right about there, right? This one, not quite there, not quite there. This one, yep, it's trying, it's trying, it's okay. Then this one goes below the 12, no problem. This one, nothing. This one, a little bit, a little bit. This one, not quite there yet. It does happen the second time around. And then this one certainly to the downside. This one, not there. This one is there from here. This one, not quite there initially. It does peak that way. And then it works its way back to the upside through here, All right? It's got a little noise in there. And then oops, I went too far in my circle, sorry. It's got a little noise in there and pulls back and tries to go back to the upside. And then it works its way to the downside here. So exiting these positions, and we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, and that's okay, because I want everybody to you know build some confidence. Um, exiting the position is kind of dynamic as well, responsive. So we get into a trade and we get into a trade and we identify where sentiment is changing direction. Now, how does sentiment change direction? Well, if I were to give you some chicken scratch and say, well, sentiment changes direction when it crosses below the candle and this is telling us this next candle is gonna to go to the downside. That's what sentiment is doing here. But there's a better way to see it. And it shows up on our chart. And we'll go into that in a, in a few minutes. But each one of these opportunities, if your profit on any given trade is from zero to two pips, then you're going to exit on market sentiment. And if it's between two and eight pips, you're going to measure or you're going to exit on candle and sentiment. So there's rules for all of this. Now, if it's above eight pips, all you're going to do is wait for that differential to retreat above the negative 12 or back below the negative 12 like it does over here. So this, in fact, would be a trade from here till right about there. And that's the, that's the positive 12 where that differential is retreating. Does that answer your question, Steve? Yes, thank you. Yeah, no worries, no worries. So how do we identify, because there are a number of trades that 
don't necessarily go our way. They do go our way, but not in a significant way. We want to be responsive and be able to exit and collect profits along the way. Well, then we can look at sentiment, right? So let's go to another chart here for a moment. Here is sentiment. It's one minute chart. Let me zoom in a little bit. Here is sentiment leading this candle to the upside. Now, sentiment is extracted or pulled from the indexes and it's put on your candles. So we know that this sentiment or this candle is bullish. Sentiment is pulling higher. It's moving higher. Sentiment leads the candles. And you can see through here, sentiment leads the candles until it changes direction. So all of this is an upside move until here. And then all of this is a downside move until here. Now, then we would look at the number of pips that it's gone to recognize whether it's below, is it above you know, two pips? And if it's above two and below eight, is this an exit or do we wait for it to see price or sentiment and price? Know, which it does give the change in direction again. So sentiment is pulling back here for the moment. And that's okay. The objective and the utility of it though is once you're in a trend, in a bigger move, sentiment will continue with you and it'll give you a massive boost of confidence to stay in that trade because that in fact is a sound trading principle of allowing the, the profitable trades to continue. And that's probably one of the more problematic issues that traders have. I've had it before too, and I do it all the time. You know, I'm, I'm in a trade, I see a profit, I'm gonna collect it, and then it goes 30 pips on me in my favor, but I'm out of it at four or five pips. And that's okay. Most of the time I'm talking to a group of people and I'm gonna you know, be in and out of the trade because I can't concentrate that well when I'm trading and talking. You know, I'm a guy, I can only do one thing at a time. So um, how's your confidence, Steve? I'd say right now about 80%. That's a good day. Still need to know that, you know, more. Sure, than absolutely. Noise, but yeah, it but takes, just uh, yeah. On this basic stuff, not necessarily profiting on every trade or most trades, just on this basic stuff. Yeah, 80 to 100% really, because I can see all that. It's the mm -hmm. getting in and getting out, which that little indicator you just showed on the chart, that's helpful for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This, is, this is how markets move. Now, again, foreign exchange is more transparent for us. And it's more transparent. And this is why, right? You look at, um, let's say, uh, you know, uh, Tesla, an equity, right? You look at Tesla, Tesla. What do you have with Tesla? You have the dollar and you have other tech stocks, you know, but that's what you have to compare. So trading, which is different or a completely different approach than investing is, equities are suited towards investing, right? If you want to trade, you want the most transparency that you can find. So we're just looking at one currency rate, right? Right? We're looking at one currency rate, right? Anyone? 
Anyone? Nope. Two currencies. How about 28? It wasn't meant yeah. to be a trick question. But yes, we're looking at two instruments, right? One and two. But in identifying the values of those two instruments, we're looking at 28 different pairs. We have to, because that's how you compare apples to apples. Make sense? So extrapolating sentiment can only be done if you're looking at all of the currencies. You can't do it looking at two. The indexes provide that cross-market analysis, intermarket analysis, correlation, or the value of what would be correlation in analysis. The indexes provide all that, right? But the foreign exchange market is so much more transparent because you have the ability to compare apples to apples and not just one or two or three comparable equities, tech stocks, financial stocks, or internet stocks. You know, foreign exchange is a hundred times more transparency, right? Or more transparent. Now, I said when I started this, you know, it was to identify what causes the markets to move, right? And once you know how the market changes direction, then the rest of it is elementary. It's filling in the gaps. It's recognizing trends. Or in some instances, it's just letting it go, right? So here is a chart of you know, uh, Xflow, right? Xflow is an algorithm we're working on. I don't wanna go too far into it, uh, but it identifies all of these components that we're looking at. And with the alerts, it tells us where the bigger picture is going, the, the, the smaller picture or the more microstructure approach, all of it, all of it, but this is transparency, right? So I think that's enough for this session. We've been in this session for about an hour. We know how foreign exchange rates move, what causes them to move. And from a data approach, we know that the data is telling us the value and we're no longer trying to lay a indicator, a technical study, a lagging you know, piece of nonsense over top of the chart, which as Steve said, just doesn't work. But we try it, you know, traders try it ad infinitum forever, they'll try it. And you can't, you know, what happens is they'll apply, traders will apply a strategy and then it'll work for a period of time. But when market conditions change, the strategy fails. So you have to change the strategy or use a different strategy for different market conditions. No matter how many strategies you put on the chart, 
and let's say I put um, let's say I put Fibonacci's on the chart here. You know, let's just say those are Fibonacci's, and let's say these were um, Elliott waves or Bollinger bands, right? No matter how many of those strategies I put on the charts, if I whittle them down by profitability or their ability to stay dynamic or dynamically connected to price, the only thing that will be standing at the end of the day is what's already there. Money flow, sentiment, the differential, and that tells us how, where, and when those opportunities show up. And we haven't talked so much about when, but we've abstractly identified it. It's the when happens when the differential is above 12 or below 12, below negative 12. That is when the opportunities present themselves and they give us moves that are strong enough to instantaneously collect a profit. And I love arbitrage. I love market making. You know, I love that higher frequency approach. But in order to build a dynamic strategy, you have to know all of that. That's it. Any questions? Anyone? I want to ask one thing. Sure. Uh, so uh, FT43, uh, mm -hmm. uh, I don't uh, recognize uh, it uh, on the charts. Yeah, don't, yeah don't, that's, um, let's keep the questions if we can right to the subject. Um, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, I, this, have to, yeah. I have to ask uh, other, uh, also other thing uh, in forum. Okay, okay. Right. Anything else, Alex? It's okay. All clear. No, all clear. All right. So, where is where is everybody's confidence? Please contribute here. Right. Where is everybody's confidence now? And matter of fact, give me two percentages: confidence before the session, and what is your confidence now? So, if you if you typed in the chat box. Um, say 20 and 80. What's the before and after in terms of your confidence? I'd ask everybody to participate, please. Because that tells me whether I'm doing a decent job or not. That's a good jump, John. Ryan, that's good. Urban, that's good. Svenja, that's pretty good. James, that's a good jump. Brandon, that's a good jump. Rodrigo, 45 to 85 is good. Daniel, Steve, that's excellent. 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 10 to 80% is a massive number. It's a massive number. Daniel, um, Daniel, uh, how was your trading last week? Good.
It went from 99 to 99.9. Everybody's got a good jump. Now, you know, everybody who was in the session out of those who had a first time experience here, uh, James and Steve, um, Frederico, uh, who else, who else, Brandon, this was your first course session. Um, and Ryan, you guys saw a jump. Now, the rest of the world, the rest of the world is at, you know, 10%, 20%. And they will forever be at that 10, 20%, you know, until they realize that, unfortunately, what they have been fed has been wrong. And it's intentionally wrong. It's intentionally the wrong. The banks do not want you to be properly educated or have proper knowledge or proper analysis because it does them no good, All right? So you can clearly see, I think everybody should be able to clearly see when we get into you know, capital allocation programs and funding solutions and we obtain our trader funding, right? And we build our digital entry portfolios that a 1% day, a 2% day, a 4% day, a 5% day. Um, Cody, did you trade today? Can you turn your microphone on? Or Daniel? Yeah, Daniel? yeah I traded today, sure. I traded and how did, how, how'd, you, how'd you do today? Um, let me, I was trading while you were talking, so let me get my number as of now. Um, so what about 7.5% for the yeah, day? See, you know, um, and Daniel, did you trade today? I see your microphone on, but I don't hear you. Put it into the chat box, if you will. And Svenja, how about you? Svenja, did you trade today? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yes, I did. I did trade today. Yes. Okay. Um, let me see. It was quite good. I only had. Uh, I placed only two trades, and both were profitable. So... Good. Erwin, six percent. Erwin, that's the first time I've heard about your trading. That's good. That's really good. Uh, Daniel, five percent. See, <laughs> you know, my friends, this is far, far, far beyond the performance levels of any other group in the world. Not a chance are they going to be able to consistently pull 2%, 3%, 4% on any given day. Not a chance. Because what they're doing is putting strategies on top of candles. One, that's already a delayed reaction. Two, it's not the candles that tell them where prices are going. In fact, a lot of times where candles are moving to the upside, going back to the charts here, where candles are moving to the upside, sentiment's already pushing lower. So this is where retail traders start to go gung-ho because they see a break higher than the prior high. The big fishing pole. 
they think they got the king kahuna. And what they've got is a sucker end or sucker fish on the other end of the pole. And they've fallen victim to it because they saw the little break higher. Right. But sentiment wasn't going that way. All right. So I hope everybody gained some confidence in this. Steve, any closing words? James, we'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow in tomorrow's session. But uh, Steve, anything? Just a big thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And where's your confidence for everyone? So audio, so it's on audio. Where's your confidence now? Steve, turn your microphone on, Steve, please. <laughs> oh, um, I'm where was your, where 80% now? 8% with the caveat that we still get to go into some of the details of where to get in and where to get out and all that kind of stuff. But oh, just in absolutely. terms of looking at the, what you showed me today, but 80% for sure. Yeah, that's good. And where did you start this morning? Less than 10. It's a good jump. It's been less than an hour. Yeah. And, and how, just give me, just give me a percentage, right? If you can give me one more percentage before we take off. How much of what you learned prior to today can, not completely, but how much of what you pr learned prior to today can be discarded? How much of that can be what? Discarded. Most of it, maybe all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that before. I, I've seen it before. I've experienced it myself. It, it's you know, traders will forever try and try because unfortunately we, we are people, we're very ego driven, but if they only realized how the markets actually move, the institutions have no chance. And the code just put up eight and a half percent today. What's that? Code just put up eight and a half percent today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's because he's been oh, trading along since. I grabbed Rick, another is, long. Is, is, is that is that account balance increase or is that based on the lot sizes increase per day? Cody, is that account balance or based on the lot sizes? That that's account balance. So account I, balance. I, I use there like you go. good I job, 10, Cody. Thank you. Ten to one leverage is the max that I use. So yeah, it's that, that's for um for the account. Yep. Wow. Yeah. It's um. It's a night and day difference. So I look forward to tomorrow. We're going to dive into this again. Uh, Steve, you know, thank you so much for your impromptu, unnoticed, um, or uh, your, your volunteering. It was quite helpful. Um, I'm, I think you, you know, got some good ground on it. And um, James, we'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, but tomorrow we'll focus on that when, now we've already discussed it a little bit, but we'll focus on when the rates move, how we're gonna trigger it with timing. And then we're gonna go into some of those details that Steve was asking for of when to get in the trades, because it all comes down to the connection of what volume and price are doing and what sentiment and price are doing. And that becomes the trigger points uh, for bigger opportunities or, you know, getting out of a trade quickly when sentiment is pulling away from us. Um, or maybe it, you know, it, it breaches the 12 or the negative 12 and then sentiment reverses and that's okay. You know, we want it to reverse because that's what tells us, you know, to stay safe.
but 80%, 90% win loss ratios, those, you know, those are uh, a common occurrence uh, when you know how exchange rates move. So thank you so much for everyone. And, and we will chat with you tomorrow morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Cheers. See ya. Bye, Nick. Cheers, cheers. You've just listened to an episode of the FX Money Show, where every day Nick discusses analysis that drives traders' confidence through the roof. Subscribe to the podcast, enjoy the show, and discover your inner trader. The service of the FX Money Show is to provide foundational educational content to trading listeners of foreign exchange and other financial markets. Anything expressed in the FX Money Show by its producers or guests is educational in nature and in no way constitutes advice. You must understand the risks associated with trading financial products and use only capital you can afford to risk. 